Hey, what's going on, guys? Gary here back again with a new episode of Hop Talk, the Hopped podcast where we sit down and talk craft beer with some of our favorite people in the beer industry. This is a special episode for me. Today, I'm chatting with Andy and Chris from Three Weavers, two of my very favorite people in LA beer. Back when my brother and I started Hopped LA back in 2014, Three Weavers was just getting off the ground in Inglewood, and because back then I lived and worked on the west side, I spent a lot of time at their taproom, drinking beer, working on the website, and hanging with the Three Weavers crew. Eight years later, a lot at Three Weavers has changed, and we go through all of that in this episode. But there are a few things that remain pretty constant. The first is these two guys and how much I love them. But the other is the commitment to quality beer and engaging with the local community. I don't think any LA brewery has evolved and grown as much as Three Weavers has over the years, a lot of which are well-known and totally normal for any high-growth brewery. But there's a lot of their story that is super unique, and it just doesn't really get told. And I think we did a good job digging into all of that here. So as Three Weavers celebrates their eight-year anniversary this weekend, November 12th, grab tickets at hopped.com slash threeweavers8. This conversation is a look back at the journey of how they got here, what the new identity of Three Weavers in 2022 looks like, and what we can all expect from them in the future. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Here is my chat with Andy and Chris of Three Weavers Brewing Company. But before we get into it, a quick word from our sponsors. Hilo Liquor Market is the best craft beer store in Southern California, hands down. I could end the ad read right there if I needed to, but hear me out. Their beer selection is one of the best in Southern California, showcasing a lot of rad local breweries that you just don't see all too often. And they have a deep selection of rare, hard-to-find whales from some of the best breweries in the country and beyond. The stores are super cool, and they're staffed up with a really knowledgeable team that will help you find whatever your palate is looking for. Head out to their stores in Culver City, Long Beach, or their new one in Costa Mesa and check them out for yourselves. They do a really cool Friday night flight tasting that is super fun, and they also do delivery if that's more your thing. So if you love beer and you want to support the work we're doing here at Hopped, you gotta check out Hilo. You won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. Hilo, drink well. So why didn't you start the podcast? I mean, does the world, how many podcasts can the world take? You're, you're saying this on a podcast. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's true. We're established. We're good. You know, yeah. like, you, you, you know, I'm just like, everybody, uh, it's like the line where you come up in a club and like, hey, I'm starting a podcast and everybody just looks at you like with a blank stare or whatever. You're not on the list. I'm Exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm just not ready for that. Did you have a concept for it? Uh, just talking about beers uh, okay no guess just you kind of coming up with a topic and kind of rambling for yeah. 40 minutes on it yeah pretty much yeah no no uh, two hours two, two hours. hours okay the <laughs> solo two <laughs> hour podcast exactly. those always do well <laughs> all you got to do is just do it. come to the tasting room and you're gonna be doing that anyway that's right true. exactly <laughs> that's true any other context though i i'm i'm not, I'm not yeah, i'm not ready for it <laughs> 
Um, so we're sitting here. We got Andy. We got Chris. Three so, weavers. We're yeah, also yeah. joined by uh, a furry friend here. Who's yeah, this? That is my dog, Skyly. She's the best. Skyly. She's already asleep, so good for her. I know. Yeah, she's she's over it. <laughs> I know. We should put her on mic, right? <laughs> Set her up. Exactly. Maybe give her a beer. It'll, it'll rile her up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so... One week in advance of the eight-year anniversary. Yeah, man. Eight yeah. years. Like, yeah, we were just talking yeah. about this. Like, just time has flown. And I kind of always yep. had Three Weavers, like, in the younger brewery kind of category in my mind. And then I'm like, shit, sure. eight years. Like, this is a mature brewery here. I don't have yeah. any hair anymore. Right? So I can, I, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Like, I think we all look I a little different. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's kind of weird to think about. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a journey for sure. And yeah. I mean, you guys are, so you're two of the OGs been here since, uh, as close to day one as possible. Yeah. Um, yep. Are you like the only two remaining or the longest tenured uh, employees here? We're the two longest. Yeah. I'm employee yeah. two. I think we were just talking about it. You're five. I was five, but the yeah. three and four are no longer here. So but by ne- default. Well, yeah, neither is one, but that's. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we are the longest tenured people. One and two. Hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I scored. Yeah. yeah. The number one and the number two here by default. <laughs> Yeah, we've had some other people that have been here for for a few years, but yeah, we've we've definitely mm-hmm. been here the longest and seen some some changes. It's better part of a decade. It's kind of it's so weird to think about. Yeah, yeah, uh, seriously crazy life changes and yeah. just everything that goes along with time. Um, definitely, and you don't think about it when it's happening in real time, and then like you <laughs> step back for a second, you're like, holy shit, right, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. And changes in terms of like your roles here too, like just where yeah. you started to where you are now, and. I think both of you kind of experienced a lot of evolution in very different ways. And so I want to dig into that. Um, But give me a quick, I'm going to start with you, Chris, quick intro. Like, what do you do here? And um, maybe like after that, what did you, how'd you get into beer? Yeah. So uh, I am director of brewery operations um, and I got into beer uh, probably nine, 10 years ago now. Uh, Probably 10 years, I was working at a brew pub called Kinetic, which was up in Lancaster, which is now Lucky Luke. Um, And yeah, I just got hired as a busser one day a week and liked beer, but didn't know what that meant (laughs) Um, and just kept bugging the brewers and asking questions and and just working hard and tasting beer and um, eventually got pulled up to bartender and then... um, got pulled in the back and started like washing kegs and slowly chipping away at brewing. And, uh, yeah, when this project came up, uh, my former boss, Alex, um, was the original brewmaster and then, and she was my boss at the time at kinetic and she came over here and brought me along with her and it's been a crazy ride ever since. Yeah. 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 That's neat. And kind of, uh, you represent part of a number of people that have kind of migrated from, that part of town, like the Lancaster Palmdale area and in the beer industry and have come on down and sure it's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting, you know, like the people that have started at kinetic and in other spots around there, yeah, uh, yeah. bravery and things like that and Mm -hmm. have made their way into greater Los Angeles and have taken on roles, uh, significant roles at various breweries. So I don't know what it is in the water up there. Right. I don't know. It's yeah, it's pretty interesting. I've, 
I heard somebody describe it as uh, as like brewers and industry people as being like players on a team, and you just kind of continue to watch them like get traded and kind of go around and and see how they evolve over time, and it's yeah. it's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Um, and uh, Andy, uh, give me a little um, intro on your role here, and then. Um, also, like kind of how you got into into beer. Sure, uh, I'm marketing manager uh, now, and um, I started uh, week two that the tasting room is open. I had a previous career in uh, live events. I did production design and graphic design for live events, and I just kind of slowly felt my soul creeping uh, away from me doing that. So I decided to uh, to leave that, and thankfully, my wife was okay with it uh our girlfriend at the time now wife wow all right <laughs> i just had to <laughs> there's that there's that time we were talking about there right? is that time we were talking about right there um and uh yeah so i you know took a chance uh, i had bartended through uh art school and um so i uh applied here and uh, yeah i started as a bartender and then they um once chris got too busy to clean kegs um in between brews and all the cellar stuff i i started in the back cleaning kegs and worked my way up through you know filling kegs and then cellar uh, i was in the man i did cellar for four years or so yeah it was a long time and then we started a lab program um and don't let that uh, make you think that I have any like chemistry background because I don't. <laughs> um, but I, you know, we survived, and um, and then we got somebody to fill in for me at the in the lab uh, downstairs, and now I do what I did in in school. I, you know, a lot of uh, visual stuff, engagement kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I am now. Nice and. You know, I think the theme across both of you guys is just wearing multiple hats. And I, I mean, it's pretty common in the beer industry and a growing brewery where you're maybe taking on one role and then part of another one and yeah. shifting between two and three different roles as the brewery grows and being flexible well, and things like that. Stuff, right? right. It's yeah, small exactly. business stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And I think interesting when you have kind of the consumer facing retail component and the tap room and then the production side and then the business admin kind of office side and how you kind of blend between the two. So, um, well, I think the other kind of interesting part about that is it's not just that you have to wear multiple hats because it's a small business. Like, yes, that's going to happen. But if you don't have people that are on board with what you're doing and believe in the beer and the company, then they're not going to want to do that anyway, you know, but it's interesting in the beer scene where people are so engaged into what they're doing. They want to make it a success. They want their beer to be better. Like they're, they're all in, you know, people that you see at certain breweries for years and years, you sure. know, they're, yeah. they're all in, you know? And yeah. I mean, we can attest to that. We've been here for a long time and done a lot of crazy things. You know that line on the resume? Really like, hard. Are, are the uh, the application like other duties as required? Yeah, right. there's, a, there's a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, and but, but we do it because we love it. You yeah, know? It's, yeah. There's yeah. multiple factors that, like you said, there's the kind of buy-in to the vision. Yep. There's kind of just inherent internal passion for what you're doing. Obviously, 
compensation and benefits plays a role in that as well. Of course. Um, and just general personality. Like if you're a team player versus you're kind of out for yourself, like that will play a role in how far you go in that system. And yeah, I've always kind of said that, um, from the very beginning, Lynn and Alex, like set a culture for the rest of the team to thrive and feel ownership over what they were doing. And I always found that really unique and interesting because I think yeah. that there's certain owners that um, come in with a very top down, like I'm going to, this is how it goes and you yeah. got to fall within that. And you know, there's other people that can work out there. Yeah. So you yeah, need yeah. to fall within it. And I feel like they established a culture that was sort of the opposite. And do you feel like that's kind of been a factor in how oh, you, yeah. you know, how you've stayed over I, time? I feel like, you know, it's, it's more, at least in my experience, I feel like Lynn comes to me every six months or so and just be like, are you doing, you know, what you're, what you feel like you should be doing? Like, yeah. are, are you, are you good? Like we're, we're good. Right. And you know, and if you feel like you want to go in a different direction or whatever, then we try to find a way to, to, to explore that direction. Uh, I mean, you know, that's, that's how, that's, that's literally how I got through here is, yeah. I mean, I, I've done everything but brew and you know, it was all started like, you did that a few times, actually. Uh, yeah, there was there was like a week where we were like, "Hey, maybe I should yeah. uh, be trained on the brew house uh, in case you you get in case sick one or of us die." Like <laughs> yeah, and then we fell behind in the cellar really quickly. So they're like, "No, no, no, you're good, you're good." We got stuff no. to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's yeah, I mean that that's one of the greatest parts of it is is she's you know she's always checking in and just making sure you're going in the direction that you want to go. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's literally how I got through here is, you know, from the ground up is. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes the, the whole top down thing is it's not, they're either people can be absent or they can be authoritative without feeling like they're in the ride with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, we've all worked our asses off and have been in the journey sort of together, you know, and have felt like we're all fighting that battle, you know, so we feel like we're on the front lines. Yeah. It's not like they're just off to the side telling us what to do. Um, it always felt like we were engaged and we were, all of us were all in. Yeah. Yeah. And like from hearing you talk, like it seems like you've internalized that and now in a places of leadership at the brewery, you guys are now kind of carrying that, that aspect forward to the rest of the team, the newer Certainly team trying, members and things trying, like that. Trying to, Shoot, man, yeah. I was painting the bathroom doors yesterday. Like, <laughs> that's, that's not, <laughs> 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 wasn't exactly the funnest thing I've ever, yeah. I, I've done in the, in a, in a while, but you know, yeah. somebody's got to do it. And I'll work weekends. I'll work the long hours. Yeah. I'll, I'll do whatever needs to get done. You know, I, I don't want them to feel like they've been abandoned and now we're just, you know, we're whipping them into shape. It's like, no, we're all we're all doing this, you know. And yeah. There's nothing that's beneath me, you know. We're we're still a small business. We're all in. We're all going to do this together. Yeah. No, that's that's really cool. And I think there's always there's this line that's been printed on your cans that I've seen over the years that it's more than beer, it's community. And I've always enjoyed that, and I've kind of felt it personally firsthand. Um, it's somewhat, you know, community is somewhat of a cliche saying if you don't know the intentions behind it. So like, sure. does that line, how does that line resonate with you guys personally? Like, how does that play out into what you bring to the day to day here? Well, I think for me, it's just a reminder that you can't 
just live in your own little bubble, right? So it's it's almost like a a mantra for me. You know, whenever I see it, um, yeah, community community that word sort of gets a little you know diluted. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you like really look at it and you kind of go out of your way, you talk to locals in the tasting room or at a beer festival or something nearby or another Inglewood business owner, you know, you feel that. And, and I have to remind myself that like, I'm here for other people too, you know, it's, it's, you can't get inside your own head about it. Right. And so it's, it's just a good reminder for me. Yeah. 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 I mean that I, I, yeah, I, I certainly have tried in the, I guess when I was back in the cellar, you know, it's hard to to remind yourself to go up and and into the tasting room and just you know just kind of get a sense of how your beer and the space is being experienced and all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, so you know that's one thing I've certainly tried to be better about. Uh, and then you know the other thing uh, when after we've sort of after we've become independent again, we've been doing a lot of collaborations and kind of trying to reestablish. Uh, the more the you know the LA beer community our 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 spot in the LA beer community um, and that's for me that's been really fun uh, not just yeah. in in the connection of it and the social aspect of it but just kind of you know getting a chance to to talk shop with people and to kind of you know rising tide lifts all boats or you mm-hmm. know um, that's that's what I've been really uh, kind of on yeah uh, I mean because you can define community as different things right, right. it's your local community it's Los Angeles, it's California or the beer industry, mm-hmm. you know, people that are in the LA beer scene or even OC or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, that's another huge thing is just trying to reach out to other people, see other breweries, talk to other people. Um, cause it also keeps you on your toes. Yeah. You know, it's, you have to try other beer and talk to other people and understand what's happening. Um, around you if you want to get better. Um, and th- that dialogue helps everybody and the LA beer scene get better. And in turn, we can serve the community overall better. Yeah. It's like know? a self-fulfilling kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Um, I, you know, the, the, the joining of the, of Canarchy and then the subsequent kind of move back to independent is definitely something that's like, on my list of things I want to talk about. And, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, like that whole saga, can, can you guys maybe, um, sum it up? Like what happened? What was the story behind that and kind of where things are now? Um, just really quickly and I don't need to get into the details, but the, well, the, the gist of it was, Canarchy, I, I got nothing bad to say. Uh-huh. It was it was good being part of them. There was a lot of good things that came came uh, came about as a result of that. Um, I think uh, being in such a large portfolio or, or company, it, it gets hard to establish yourself as a as an individual part of mm-hmm. that. So that was was a was something that we kind of wanted to address and then like the the concrete part of it was um uh we wanted to have a, a second location right. over there uh, by SoFi Stadium and they were not down with that um for their own reasons mm-hmm. and um so that was a big part of our continuing forward as a as an individual entity so when did that happen when did the the merger or join or purchase or whatever you know the partnership um when did that happen that was 2018 
I think. 2018. I think we were in yeah. Canarchy for three years. So, yeah. yeah, 2018 to 2021. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. So, kind of from what I'm gathering here and just from my own perspective of knowing the local beer community mm-hmm. is when a move like that happens, you inherently want to say, like, nothing's going to change locally, right? But in the end it kind of changes the dynamic in a way where it's like you guys have partnered with some of these more national brands in this national, you know, uh, organization. And it's almost like other local, more smaller organizations kind of, you you look different, you know, your, your goals are somewhat different. Your resources are different. It, it changes the dynamic in a way. Um, and you mentioned the collaboration thing, like coming back into kind of running the, your own show, collabor- coming back to collaborations, coming back to like relationship building is something that's important. Um, you, I know that like whenever there's transition like this, there's pros, there's cons, things happen over time. Um, we won't, we don't need to dig into the cons of anything because I'm not that kind of person, yeah. but like, there's definitely benefits to oh, like sure. what you guys experience as part of that um, period of time and what you've taken out of it now mm-hmm. that you're kind of um, independent again. Can definitely. you elaborate on maybe a couple things that come to mind of like what what good things have come out? Like what's well, stronger on the other end type of thing? I mean, for me personally, the the fun part about having been a part of Canarchy was getting to pull the resources um, as far as knowledge from other people, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we could shoot an email off to world-class brewers and just be like, Hey, you know, know, what was your dry hop schedule on that one? You really like that. Oscar blues and cigar city have been in the game for a long time, you know? So, um, and I'm happy to call people at those facilities, uh, including the higher ups, like my friends, like we can always reach out to them. Um, so I, I enjoyed that part of it. I learned a lot. Um, you know, asking certain people questions and getting a a 20 minute answer, you know, and getting a lesson on something, you know, just on the brew house, just talking shop, um, was really, really cool. So for me, it just sort of broadened everything other than, um, just seeing the people around me on like a local level. Right. Um, and so I've been able to carry that knowledge now as director of brewery ops, um, and getting promoted over the last year. Um, and it, it helps me make better beer you know and that's i think that's ultimately the goal i mean and and on that you know we started the lab program here three years yeah just about three years ago and like i said i don't have any chemistry background i'm 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 fairly detail oriented and i would describe myself a perfectionist to a fault um as my uh, hairline would would suggest (laughs) um but uh like I got to go to uh, Canarchy or uh, Oscar Blues facilities in Austin and Asheville for what three weeks, and I just yeah. hung out with them and just lived in the lab. And what we built in our lab is a direct result. And then Brian Roy, who uh, is in Austin at their Oscar Blues facility, came out here and you know helped me put together all the you know all the details down to like putting the machines together and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. setting the lab up and getting our SOPs going and all this other stuff. So 
I mean, yeah, the knowledge base is incredible. Uh, to say nothing of just the access to raw materials, uh, that's a different conversation when you're when you're uh, when you have that kind of buying power. Totally different conversation um, and what you have access to. Um, uh, but yeah, just the knowledge base uh, is is incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, resources is the total top of mind easy answer to something like that. Yeah. I think what's interesting. For you, Chris, like, you know, you talked about getting into beer like 10 years ago. So like right yeah. before you started here, basically, or like, sure. right before, yeah. you know, right as you were at, at Kinetic. And so, you know, as a brewer, a lot of your knowledge was coming from like one person, right? Like fr- from Alex. Who's- yeah, it's mostly directly here and it's, you know, a little bit of collaborations and stuff. Right. But, but that definitely broadened the uh, conversation once we were with. King yeah, Archie. I think like that's a, that's a very uh, advantageous uh, element to it in that. Yeah, you want to be you want to have a diverse perspective. Yeah. And I think up to that point, you probably hadn't had the opportunity, you know, being. So, yeah. And this is kind of when we talk about pros and cons, the pros of staying with one plate with one company for a long time versus going to others like yep. you you know alex being so uh, i mean just such a great brewer yeah she has a very distinct pov on how things should be done and what mm-hmm. which means that you don't play outside of the lines as much as you can at some other places so being able to go into canarchy and pick the brains of a lot of different brewers like yeah that just opens your entire world up Totally. Um, that's, that sounds pretty amazing. And part of that, um, that conversation too, is when we were cross brewing, uh, like Dale's pale yeah, ale and, a, and high an interesting experience. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of a fun project on trying to and flavor, flavor match as well. Yeah. And that too, they were brewing uh, expatriate at another facility. So that cross brewing there and trying to dial in recipes, you know, cause I think we all know that if you, give somebody an exact recipe, they're not going to make it exactly the same way, you know? So there's slight tweaking that you have to do, um, given your system and your process and all that stuff. And so that was a huge learning experience, um, doing that. And it was kind of cool to see and do it in real time and taste taste through the beers. And up to that point, we had made IPA one way. Right. And, you know, and, and Wayne Womble's super smart guy, has a very specific uh, uh, way that he wants his beer made, and like yeah. we have to adjust. You know, yeah. it's it's we're making his beer, or we were making his beer here. So yeah. you know, how do we how do we bring what he wants uh, and, and make it in our facility? You know, yeah. and that yeah. was a and then and then like coming into your own for me, it's now there's just so many more tools that I can pull from to decide what I want to do, mm-hmm. and that's through collaborations and just conversations with people is still an evolution yeah that's that's kind of the fun part there's always going to be a chase yeah there is no end if there if there's an end then that's that's not fun anymore yeah you know yeah and and so it was just another aspect of that that chase yeah and we were walking through the facility here and you were talking me through all the new stuff that's happening or that's happened over the last year or so um just so much stuff and the mural that's being done in the tap room for me like it's symbolic of this like evolution and this like kind of new chapter that's, that's happening and that's happened. And it's kind of like, like you said, like kind of always evolving, always in progress. And so I feel like that's symbolic to me because the tap room looked a very specific way for a long period of time. Oh yeah. And this change, it's beautiful. It's a great space. I mean, we kind of jokingly call it uh, three weavers 3.0, you Mm. know, it's just like it, 
some of these things that have been on our list for a long time, you know, now we have a chance to do it, you know, exactly the way that, that, that we see it, you know, that, that we would like to see it. So, yeah, I mean, it's that to me, that, that tasting room project and, and it feels, I, I agree. It does feel significant in terms of like reasserting yourself and finding a, our, you know, getting your identity back. Yeah. Yeah, totally. The, the Alex uh, dynamic of, you know, her work here for so many years and then now she's no longer here. I talk to people, nobody has any idea that this, this has happened and it's probably for good reason. It's not something that you guys are shouting from the rooftops, but um, obviously there's benefits to new blood, to new perspectives on the the product that you're producing. Yep. Um, can you talk a little bit about that dynamic? Um However you want to get into it, I'm kind of thinking about it more from like, you know, the moment that you hear it's happening and then you're like, oh shit, like <laughs> what's going to happen to me? Like, what do I do now? Yeah, like, yeah. how was that for you? Um, it's, the, there was a moment where you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you step up to the challenge is, is all that it is. And yeah. then you, you have to realize what that means. And for me, it just meant that we can maybe experiment with some different stuff. Um, and maybe that's a selfish endeavor, but you know, I just trying different things and, uh, seeing what sticks, um, and using some of that knowledge that I've picked up other places to, to see what happens. Um, and kind of opening it up to, to other people, you know, that's, we talked about the evolution of both of our roles here. Um, us moving up, doesn't have to mean that nobody else moves up, right? Like everybody else has the opportunity to have a say and for things to change and for them to also have a, a perspective and an opinion on what's going on at the company. So it's it's a group effort, you know, for all of this stuff. Um, and, and I think just staying open to learning and knowing that what you might do might not be perfect, um, but as long as you're kind of talking those things out loud with people, then it helps you evolve and, and get us to a place where I feel like we we're getting to. Yeah. I mean, to me, it, it goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning. Like it was almost like a, an imperative to, to, you know, dig in, let's go, you know, like nobody else is going to make this decision if you don't do it or, you know, to, to, to do this project, you know, it's, it it sort of feels like oh my god like am i grown up now <laughs> you know yeah. kind of thing like uh i mean that that's kind of that was the realization that i had is just like okay all right it's on you big guy let's go <laughs> yeah. um so it's been fun yeah it's like there's so someone like that leaves there's a gap in kind of just pure skills and expertise and, and you know that kind of like hard asset yep. and then the soft asset being just the leadership, the vision that that also kind of goes away. And so what you guys are talking about is kind of filling both holes, right? It's like coming up and like, you know, taking on things yourself or delegating and finding the team, surrounding yourself with a team to get things done. But also like, you know, we've been kind of, this kind of been peppered throughout is the leadership side. Like, how am I talking to these people? How am I um, kind of leading with action versus just, words, um, yep. that kind of stuff. So 
how has that soft skill element been like, you know, two guys that like probably aren't, you know, didn't come from management school. So it's like, this is all, you know, stuff you're learning on the job. So how has that been, oh, you know, kind of coming in like the, you're one at number one and number two now in terms <laughs> I, of, uh, I feel like I've legacy. made a lot of mistakes. Um, <laughs> for me, you know, I, you know, you, you try to just keep, staying on a positive track, you know, I mean, obviously there's, there's going to be little things here and there that are fall outside of your control or the timeline uh, of production. And especially like post COVID and all the supply chain things like that, that sort of ties your hands in a, in a really frustrating way, but you just try to stay on a, on a positive track. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that's kind of how it's been for me. It's just like, you know, we, we just got to keep going man. we got to keep moving. Um, there's no way out but through. Yeah, yeah, that's a that that would be that would be the way to say it. You right. Know? There's- yeah, and you know it, we're talking about the uh, expansion of like knowledge base and utilizing all that stuff, um, and part of that knowledge base is management and leadership and mm-hmm. all that. And so I've you know having conversations with other people and kind of checking in with your staff and um, other managers and keeping yourself in check and keeping each other accountable is, is really important. Okay. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors at Malibu Brewing Company. These guys are pretty much brand spanking new and they've been killing it straight out of the gate. Every beer I've had from them has been really, really good. They recently released this rye pale ale that I'm digging a lot right now. And I hear they have some barrel aged stuff that might be coming for the winter season that I am positive will be fire. They recently opened their tap room and eatery in Malibu on PCH right next to Zuma. It's like this craft beer oasis in an area that desperately needed it. The space is amazing, the food is legit, and the beer, well, it's damn good. So the next time you're hitting the beach, planning a date night, going to watch a game, or just want good beer, good food in a rad space, hit up Malibu Brewing Company and tell them Hop sent you. If you're a beer brand and want to support the articles, the videos, the podcasts, and everything we do at Hopped, hit me up at gary at hopped.com and let's talk. We've got a lot of cool stuff in the works and are looking for the right partners to help us get there. Okay, let's get back to the episode. In terms of the actual like production side of things, um, if someone was to ask like, oh, Alex is no longer the brewmaster there, like what's changed? Like from a, you know, like what can we, what can people expect? Is what I'm saying is, I mean, maybe some people, maybe there's nothing to expect. Like maybe the goal is, we want there to be kind of like no noticeable difference in terms of the actual end product, what the end user experience is, or is there something in your head where it's like, you know, in this 3.0 era, like we want to be this, we want people to think of us for this. Is there anything that kind of comes to mind there? Do you guys talk about anything like that? Well, I think you have to do both, right? Because we're, we're big enough where we have core brands like expatriate or IPA. Yeah. Um, that is going around LA and, and into market and you don't want a notice, a noticeable change. Right. And if there is any sort of change, you want it to be in a positive direction, right? 
subtly or, or, and positively. Yes, yeah. subtly and, and positively. Like, you can't just completely rewrite the recipe and right. be like, this is expatriate. Like, the, it doesn't work that way. So you have to kind of appreciate what's been built and the legacy of the brand, um, along with new beers coming out and people always want new one-offs and all that stuff anyway. So right. there's, there's a constant flow of other things happening. And with those beers, um, you just want that to be a positive experience for consumers. You yeah. Know? So we are trying different things and different techniques in newer beers. Um, and the other thing is that trends are always changing, right? Mm-hmm. So there's been this resurgence of lager, yeah. which you know, we love, but if there was no market for it, then it doesn't matter how much we love it. We can't just keep making it. But now that it's come around again, now we have the opportunity to try new techniques, um, and talk to other brewers about what they're doing and do some research and, um, hopefully kind of better ourselves in that perspective also. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm most excited for is, the loggers that we've been coming out with. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of work put into those and I think it's in a, a very positive direction. Yeah. That's cool. Cause I feel like lager has been slightly underrepresented in your guys's portfolio. Like there's been totally, you know, yeah. randomly kind Dabbled. of different things. Yeah. The, the light option is dabbled in a great way. You know, yeah. Like, the, the light option green room is, is Yeah. Awesome. I was, that was the first, that's like little green room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Green room yeah, is yeah. killer. Yeah. Yeah. We had Kolsch, you know, since the beginning it yeah. was it was literally the first beer so we're we drinking right brewed. now yeah. yeah um and it's a great beer but you know you want to see what else you can do yeah um and so yeah it, it was the other point on that is you know seafarer is a very important part of our portfolio so we yeah. want to make sure that whatever we do you can't undermine it you uh-huh. have to add to it right yeah. so yeah we gotta you have to feel out the dimensionality of the space i can't believe i just said those words all together right there but, with the know, hand like, motions there was hand exactly motions, yeah, yeah there's like there's some flowy hand motions going through there um but you know like we we can't we can't sacrifice seafarer on the altar of 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 coming up with all these other things like yeah. we, we love this beer this is a super important beer for us yeah, yeah. um you know so whatever we do has to stand uh, in relation to that. Right. And not, and not try to take its place. Yeah. I feel like if you guys were to lean into like a Hellas or something, it'd be like directly cutting into sales of seafarer and be like, Oh, that, you know, rather than something that's a little bit more hop forward or something that's just completely lighter in the entire flavor profile. So, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, we're drinking seafarer right now. Um, so let's say there's someone that drinks beer out there that like doesn't know about seafarer. Um, just maybe just give me the highlights. What is this beer? Why is it important to you guys? Um, yeah, it's been, like I said, it was literally the first brew that we ever did. And, and we brewed a Kolsch at kinetic, uh, me and Alex. And so, yeah, coming into this, it was the one light option that we wanted. And it's, malty but not overly done it's it can be a little bit floral it has like this white wine sort of thing on the nose from the yeast it's it's just a really really pleasant easy drinking beer you know and that's that's like the staff favorite the daily that's that's beer flavored beer yeah you know i i will say that i mean like i remember right when we opened uh how many times people came up to the bar and said I would like a, a Pilsner or a light beer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know how many times I had that conversation of like, 
okay, here's our, here's our Kolsch. It's seafarer. We love it. It's great. You know, and yeah. like it, it, once they tasted it, their minds were made up, you know, but just that initial, uh, that hump to get over of like, this is a Kolsch. You may have never heard of this style before, you know, and then we had this like, you know, a spiel on like the history of the style and like yeah. it's between an ale and a lager and all this other stuff. Well, demystify uh, that for people. I feel like there's still a lot of people that like don't really know, like the technical difference between if someone is looking for a lager and we're talking Kolsch, like what, what are the similarities? What are the differences like that people should know about? What do you think, director of Brewing Ops? <laughs> it's sort of a, uh, a hybrid of... Mm-hmm. Uh, like ale yeast and and colder temperatures and we ferment around 62 um, and it just it pulls out a little bit more of like an ester profile it's not as um, light as a lager um, not to say that it's heavy um, but there's for me it's just a little bit more complexity the yeast gives you a certain different character yeah um, that you don't get in lagers um, or most lagers I should say so uh, ale yeast that's fermented colder than your typical ale, but probably not as cold as a lager. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and not as warm as an ale. Cause right. when, when I think the opposite direction and I think of something like a blonde ale, I, I don't really want to drink a blonde ale. Right. Most of the time, you know, it, that's too hot take. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> too <laughs> ester driven. Like too ester driven. Yeah. It's too multi. Like the the mouthfeel of it. It's, it, uh, it comes across as too heavy to me. Yeah. It seems a little clunky sometimes, uh-huh. you know, where this is, it's really, really pleasant. It's just, if you make a great blonde ale out there. We're not, we're not, we're not talking about right. You. A we're great blonde ale is different than like the micro brew. Like yeah. we have a blonde, we have a red, yeah. we have We've an We've been amber. making it the same right, way right, since right. 1995. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's, those that's tend to be we clunky. I think clunky yeah. is a good way to describe something like that. Yeah. Um, and so there's, the, there's, there's no finesse, right? You know, I, I want I want something Ooh. with finesse, something okay. that has a purpose, right? And Kolsch feels a little bit more like that intention, you know. Exactly. Like I want, I'm, I know what I want out of the fermentation out of this beer. Um, I know what I want out of the malt character out of this beer, yeah. and approaching it very intentionally yeah. instead of just kind of letting it ride. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Cool. Um, the other core brand, Expatriate. Um, yep super delicious IPA um, IPA and that's specific, what keeps the lights on right <laughs> specifically West Coast IPA in general like I feel like since you guys opened especially like eight years this style has like just completely transformed and evolved and when hazy and juicy kind of came into the picture mm-hmm. like yeah. West Coast has evolved since then and cold IPA and brute IPA has been thrown in there as well yeah. so it's like expatriate has survived from day one to, to year eight so like yeah, what no, is this beer and like where does it fit in the kind of unusual. like ipa universe i mean it's evolved yeah you know the the but i would say in large part the recipe is the same there's you know changes around the margins for sure yeah uh you know it's it's the biggest part of our portfolio uh we never run out of it like we we can't we, you just you always have to have it in the tanks running um yep you know, it's just a really great hop comment. I mean, like, it's just, it's crisp. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's got that sort of, it, eight years ago, it kind of had a relatively new school hop profile, more on the Idaho uh, 7. It's, uh, El Dorado, no? Simcoe, and Mosaic. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. and El Dorado at yeah. the time was new, relatively yeah. new. Um, and now it's like, what, I think it's the number three hop used or 
something like that. I don't it's, remember. It's quite. A, it's used quite a bit. Yeah. Um. And yeah, at the time it was sort of a new school hop character, but you know that was that was a, a great decision Alex made to kind of push the push the margins a little bit. And I think it's also the way that the beer is designed. It's not. Um, you know, you can go one extreme with how bitter the beer is, or go the other way where um, a lot of the hazy IPA stuff has gone with dry hopping at extreme amounts and all this stuff. And, and none of that is, is what that beer is trying to be. Mm -hmm. That beer is balance, not overly bitter. Um, Yeah. I mean that, that was one great bit from the beginning. It's it's never been an overly bitter IPA. You know what I mean? It's like, it's never had that, that heaviness that lingers a really long time on your palate. It's always been, it's just enough pine and resin. It's a little bit more tropical, uh, not super bitter. It's it's something that you can have multiple of, and that's that's kind of the the general theme here in the beers that we kind of make is mm-hmm. is that we want people to enjoy three four pints of it. You know, we don't want to blow out your palate with yeah. one pint. You know, that's, yeah. We like we like balanced beers. That's what blood junkies for, right? That's why it's only once a year. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I yeah. mean, it's it's there's not a ton of breweries that can say we put out this beer eight years ago and it's kind of stood the test of time despite minor tweaks along the way but it's largely the same beer um you know yeah ipa looked different back then so it was almost like it was forward thinking back then and it's kind of survived this trend of west coast ipa going really lean and removing a lot of bitterness and going way more on the fruit component and yeah. it's kind of stayed like right there in the middle um yeah, i mean it's pretty cool the thing that's changed is the kettle additions is kind of like drifted a little bit there's there's minor minor tweaks but yeah you know and it can be anything from uh hops to process right but uh overall it's basically the same but that's another one of those things where you can't let just time and and have a core beer like that just be okay and yeah. you're and you're done with it you know like we're always tasting through it and yeah uh drinking it every week and run it through sensory and and checking batch to batch and seeing what's happening with that beer and how it still feels right. and how do we continue to make it better and it's always on the forefront yeah that's that's interesting and and i mean brewing it in the days where you didn't have hop contracts or if you did is super limited and going into, you know, year six, year seven, where you're getting access to really high quality materials. Um, did you guys see an impact in that beer, but really just across all of them, like we're getting better hops. Now we're getting access to better stuff. Alex had those relationships early on since before three weavers. Yeah. Um, so we, we always, um, we're at hop selection and, and picked lots. Um, and I think that's why that beer doesn't feel super extreme one way or the other uh-huh. across the years. And it's just been so solid is that we've put in the time in the raw materials. Yeah. We know what we're looking for and we've been able to pull that, uh, year after year. Right. Yeah. That's, I think a component to your guys's identity, you know, Alex is, focus on raw materials um, from the early days. And I know she works with a a grower or a broker or somebody in the hop side of things. Yeah, Just her relationships in in the raw material side have 
kind of created this identity here. And I feel like I've always kind of seen experimentation before it became like a cool thing to do. You guys were working with some experimental hops for a brewery of your size, taking chances, uh, playing around with things. Um, it's pretty neat. Like and seeing stuff like Alderado and kind of the variations that that brand has come across and yeah. the stuff you've done with, you know, CLS and some of the other farms out there. Yeah. Um, what what's the future of of hops and like raw materials for you now that she's you know doesn't have that direct influence maybe there is some um some that she has from that perspective but well it's just about carrying those relationships and always keeping your ear to the ground so you know we ran hop selection this year and uh talked to growers and toured farms and and talk to brokers uh and it's it just has to be constant is yeah. all it is you can't let up on it um she instilled that from the beginning um and we continue to carry that forward and that's part of the collaborations and all mm-hmm. the conversations is that it goes all the way back to raw materials and it's super important if 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 you have a hard time keeping up with raw materials and the quality of your raw materials it's just, it feels like a losing battle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's so hard to keep product consistent, um, but make really, really great beer out of not so great materials. You know, it's, you're shooting yourself in the foot yeah. <laughs> from the beginning. Like, you're limiting. You, you, you yeah. have to, you have to have, uh, uh, raw materials that you want to use mm-hmm. and that are exciting to you and new and innovative to keep pushing forward. Yeah. So that's a big focus for you is definitely staying in that conversation constantly. Oh yeah. Talking to all your suppliers and making sure that you know about what's changing, what's coming up. Yep. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're having the conversation the other way too, where they know how engaged we are with that stuff. So if something's coming down the pipeline or if they're excited about something, they're going to reach out to you too. Um, as long as you keep that relationship. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's always stuff I'm asking about and, and the longer you have those relationships, the more honest those conversations are, which are right. are, are always nice and refreshing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, selling a product after all. So, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, there's a trust yeah. component. We're talking a lot about your portfolio, kind of, you know, a couple of those core brands. I feel like, and we, we talk a lot about hops, like I feel like for a long time, Three Weavers was known as an IPA, a hop-forward brewery. Someone that did IPAs really, really well. You could count on them. Um, you wanted to get every IPA you guys put out. Um, Hell but, yeah. yeah. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> for, but for anyone that visited the tap room, there's obviously like a number of other styles you guys play around with. Um, yeah. Some limited release stuff. Um, we, you know, we can kind of talk all day about how times they are changing. Um, what does the kind of overall program look like going forward? And we talked about tank size, capacity, core brands, limited release stuff. Like what's, what's changing now? I mean, well, the IPAs are not going anywhere. Right. Um, Yep. That's still happening. We, we do make more hazy beer than we ever have before. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I think we've found, I mean, the way we've done that has evolved, certainly. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that have kind of changed along the way, you know, w- we started making Cloud City was our was our first uh, hazy IPA, and um, you know, we centrifuge everything, so that is always a part of the of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we we wanted 
it took a long time for us to get there. Um, and what we always wanted to do it our way, like a, a way that, that we felt like we could, we could be okay with. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, cloud city was, um, overall, I guess a little bit of a later addition to the game, but mm-hmm. we kind of landed on a, on a flavor profile that we really liked that, that stood in contrast to some of the other beers that we have in our, in our portfolio. And, but, you know, as we've gone on, those types of things start to evolve a little bit. And we've really kind of, uh, over the past year, leaned into the, to, to finding uh, some new avenues for hazy IPAs that we, that we really like. Um, so that's, that's definitely been one thing that we've been working on. I think loggers is the other side of it. It's, it's what we like on the day to day. Um, but yeah, given the way that the trends have changed and now that we have the opportunity to make more, we can make more and get better at them. Um, and loggers that we've done in the past, we've continued to evolve the process on those also. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of that multi beer kind of falls by the wayside, unfortunately, you know, for better or worse. But, um, I think the expansion of loggers is probably like the, the most noticeable difference. Yeah. We had hazy beers before and there's a little bit more now, but you know, they were kind of always around. Um, but loggers is definitely the thing I think that's going to push we're a aiming little bit, a little bit sharper with the, with the hazy IPA, um, like that, that we're, that we're making, like we have a little bit clearer intention of, of when we set out that we know, you know, we have a little, we feel like we know the, the factors that are involved a little bit more so that we're mm-hmm. able to kind of, aim aim a little bit more true at what, yeah. we're, what we're going at yeah that makes sense and um is there anything that kind of changes from a production seller standpoint you know when we're talking loggers we're talking longer fermentation time um you know how do you deal with and we're talking you know people want the new thing like limited release stuff new things um, you know, some experimental hops, you might not want to do a massive batch in. Is there anything you guys are doing kind of on the, the production side to like account for or shift into that? And, you know, we saw the, the, um, pilot system. Is that something you guys want to talk about? I think the pilot system we can talk about. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah, it's, um, cause currently our smallest batch that we can do is a 15 barrel batch. So with this pilot system, um, coming online, now we can really get weird with stuff. And it also gives us the option, um, because of the smaller uh, fermenters and bright tanks, we can also take one base beer and split it up a couple different ways and mm-hmm. try three different things and kind of see what happens. Uh, so it expands that um, that potential there for experimentation, Yeah, which would be super fun. I'm really excited about the, the pilot system. Yeah, and really maybe good. like, you know, doing mixing in like some maltier beers where you can yeah. do them in smaller yeah, yeah. quantities. Exactly. Right? That's the hard part with doing beers like that or like a Saison or something is yeah. that if Wait, you make it, what? Yeah. Saison, I, I know yeah. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't yeah. heard that yeah. word in years, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but getting through 15 barrels of it is a challenge sometimes, yeah. you know? Um, so we, now I that mean, we always have people say they want maltier beers, but, I'm sorry to say those people who want maltier beers don't buy enough beer. Right. Like, yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know how else to say it besides and, and that. We, and we currently cannot make less of that beer, yeah, exactly. right, at a time. So, so yeah. with the pilot system, we'll be able to do that. That's and, cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. And I think it'll be fun sort of uh, R&D for 
who knows, maybe like a handful of core beers that will be at the pub, you know, exclusively that you get there. Yeah. Um, it kind of gets our feet with, with that sort of stuff too. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, there's a fooder down there. You guys have done some stuff in barrels and you were working with the barrels extensively a few years back. What's the future of the barrel program? It's, I would say it, when non-existent we're, we're, we're spread thin already <laughs> yeah and i think yeah. anybody who has worked with barrels knows that you know it seems simple from an external point of view but you get you really get your you know you get there you get down in the in the mud and you're thinking to yourself oh man this is not nearly as uh, simple as i thought it was going to be so uh, you know wh- when we're when when we have as many things that we have to handle on its own mm-hmm. i just think the the barrel thing is it's not really something that is top of mind for yeah. us, I guess I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And, we're still a pretty small team, so it's hard yeah. to have somebody completely focus on that. And if we do it, you want to, obviously if you do it, you really want to do it well. You don't want to just throw a beer into barrels and well, say, I like, feel like you spent a lot of time with the barrels in years past. It, it was something that we've always wanted to do more. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, we have done projects that, that were, you know, we would consider to be very successful, but it's, it's just, it's, I mean, so really there was time. only one big release with the barrels. Uh, the other stuff was pretty small that yeah. we did and, and it was super fun, but it's just, it's hard to find the time. Yeah. We have so much other stuff going on. Yeah. Now that makes sense. Is it yeah. something when you look at something like that, is it something that you, from a, like kind of my vision, my ethos on what a well-rounded beer program should have, does that have a place in it anymore in 2022 and beyond or, you know, I mean, I think it does. And I think other people do it really, really well. And that's where if we wanted to do it, we would want to dedicate a lot of time to it and really understand what we want out of those beers. And we just, we just don't have it right now. So it's, that's not our focus is, is is the crux, right? You, if you're going to do it, you've really got to commit and you, like we're going to do a barrel aged beer and we're going to do it really well, which more than anything gonna, is time. We're going to yeah. get, and, and, and we don't have that time. Nitty gritty <laughs> yeah. blending. And like, we're going to get this right. Like the, the half ass barrel aged beer to me is, 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 is one of the worst possible things. You're just yeah. selling a barrel aged beer to, to, to sell a barrel aged beer. Right. right. And that, that's gross. To yeah. Me. I've had on a lot multiple of, levels. I've had a lot of bad barrel aged beer and yeah. right. The, we don't want to do that. No, <laughs> yeah. no, that just tarnishes everything. Yeah. yeah exactly, so yeah. At, at a brewery of this size, you need a dedicated resources to manage it, to, um, yeah, ensure quality to just time, everything, checking in on things, just space, space. Space. Yeah. Yeah. As you're walking, everything, it seems like we have a lot of space, but it's filling up really quickly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, and I'm kind of asking more from like a general perspective. I don't drink a ton of barrel aged beer, but I know it's always been popular. It's kind of waxed and waned in popularity over the years. And there's, like you said, certain breweries do it right. They have a large focus on it and like, Hell More yeah. power to them. Keep them doing their thing. Yeah. Um, we're here when you want to. But I feel like I see, you know, like some <laughs> breweries, like there was always like, okay, we're going to launch this brewery and there's going to be barrels. Like there was always, for a long time, there's always like, yeah. okay, we're going to have some like small barrel program. And it kind of felt like it was just something you did to like stay cool. You know, like, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> something to talk about when you're like showing people right, around. Like, sure. And these barrels Check have something really have special. Some, uh, One day you'll see. <laughs> we do have some Kolsch and some red wine barrels in the cold box. Oh, that's pretty cool. Tasting pretty good. Yeah, it's just, it's time. It's 
time. Yeah. It, yeah. A large part of it is is the barrels sitting over there in the corner. But then once once you get down to the to the concrete details of yeah. like I got to get this beer out of the barrels, uh, we got to get it right, we got to blend it. Like that is a large amount of time. Yeah. You're like, well, I just worked eighteen hours today, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who's gonna do this tomorrow, but <laughs> we yeah. don't have time to do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel it's like dang expatriate. I know, right? Going. It just it won't <laughs> <Yeah>. stop. <laughs> We're just playing to our strengths for now, right? Yeah. I feel like uh, as you guys kind of ramp up loggers, like a wood age logger could be, you know, like you were saying with the Kolsch, we, like we a wood age logger could be cool. We uh, did a black logger on Ambarana spiral. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that was, was really, really nice, good. Yeah. What was that called? Um, uh, that was... It all blends together. I, yeah. That sounds really interesting. Uh, Doom, Doom Scrolling. Yeah, yeah, there we a, go. We it got was it. a pandemic project. Oh, that's yeah. cool. It was... Um, so we do kill the lights. Mm-hmm. That's one of our winter beers um, that we keep around for fun. And but I think the recipe was a little different, a little bit more robust. Slightly, yeah. The big thing was the ambarana. And um, then yeah, the, yeah. That, so that beer was, and really and utilizing good. spirals instead of actual barrels. Mm-hmm. But I mean, our our in our uh, experience with ambarana. Yeah, I remember the first one. I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. The the ambarana stuff, like it's. Oh, I was talking to Tom Carroll about it. That's what it uh-huh. was. When Alex Shout brought out Tom it Carroll. in, yeah, hey Tom, what's hey, up? Um, <laughs> we were we were talking about the process of making the very first beer that we did with Ambarana, which we just called Ambarana Porter, yeah. yeah, and it was like it was a relatively large porter. I want to say it was eight percent. I can't remember, but. Sounds Alex right. smuggled the the wood chips in her suitcase <laughs> in from Brazil, and then just toasted them in her oven. Yeah, yeah. and we, I, I, I remember transferring the beer onto the wood chips, and we were all like, "Okay, well, we'll just see how long it takes." You know, I think we we had enough time behind it to to give it, you know, like two weeks of yeah. of conditioning time in the bright on those toasted wood chips and then three days yeah, later didn't we were like it was, massive. It was, it was pretty done. immediate yeah. yeah so like the wood spiral thing doesn't doesn't bump me at all because no. we know from like the actual like literally wood chips were smuggled into the united states <laughs> in a suitcase yeah. and we did it and it didn't take that long and, and it, the beer was delicious yeah um even tom he, tom was saying like that was the first ambrana beer he's ever had um, that was what six or seven years ago. Same here. And um, now I see, I feel like I see like Ambrana barrels every now and then. I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty rare, but still, it's 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 more, it's more out. It's there. out there a little more, yeah. But yeah, the the black lager on Ambrana. I I have um, dad friends of mine who still come up to me and say like, Hey, are you gonna make any more of that that wood aged lager that that, yeah. you, that you, uh, That'd that be you cool. gave us in the uh, in the little league stands? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that would, that might be a way to play in the near future, you know, playing a little with like wood age logger be fun. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't say no to that. (laughs) I had a, uh, Hey, great idea. (laughs) (laughs) I had a barrel aged logger when I was in Mexico city a few weeks back Mm. and I think it was aged in Chardonnay barrels and it was really good. Really? That was probably my favorite beer at that festival. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Nice. What festival is this? uh cerveza mexico yeah it was a three-day three festival and we did a collab oh, uh, really? uh, with the brewery in guadalajara and then the Didn't festival several was in mexico from the, mm-hmm. from the brewers association yeah i think it involved? was five or six um and they matched them up with uh oh that's cool with other breweries um and 
another association, uh, Ostromax, also uh, helped kind of set those up, and it was really fun. It was kind of interesting to see what the Mexico beer scene's like. Yeah, they're doing a lot of weird shit. Yeah, anything that but you're, a lot of cool stuff. Anything that you're like taking notes on, like oh, this could be fun to play with. I think the hard part is if there's a market for it here. Yeah. Again, it's size, right? You yeah, know, yeah. so I, I don't know if we can always use some of that stuff. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, there was a a beer that I had with uh, with crickets in it, and that was it was oh. it was a gozo. It was pretty that good. protein content. Work. Oh yeah, wow! Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Crew Crew Mexico Whoa. City. What's up? I'm just gonna start, <laughs> just gonna start shouting. You. It's your boy Chris. <laughs> <laughs> But it was a fantastic beer, you know, but that's nothing that I would have thought about here. Yeah. And I'm sure people would try it, but I don't know if they're going to chug through 15 barrels. Of I, I, would, so. I would try a four ounce taster of that cricket beer and then I would probably move on to expatriate. It was, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a goza. It was, it was really good. Okay. It, it, right. it played okay. into the whole thing. Yeah. Like it was, it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm drinking crickets. Cricket like, goza. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it why not it was a fun <laughs> beer it was cool that's hilarious it's all boiled it's fine yeah. <laughs> it's safe <laughs> these are food grade crickets food grade cr- i haven't heard of anything like that in the united Technically, states Technically, all crickets are food grade <laughs> that's that's true <laughs> if your snake can eat you it you gotta try hard enough <laughs> all, right. all right i mean like I, I mean i don't feel a whole lot safer but you know i you know i <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah, let's do it it was good it was good it was a good beer that's cool yeah they have a lot of fun weird like native ingredients that they're using down there yeah and it's such a like new blooming beer scene that they can get away with that sort of stuff mm-hmm. yeah that's neat yeah um so you got us some beers what are we drinking so i poured you uh bob and weave mm. uh i know we were saying we were doing a lot of uh um hazy ipa um but you know every now and then we still like to um really uh flex on some west coast ipa and uh this went on tap last week it's a mm-hmm. collab with native sun la who just took over the dankness dojo uh in downtown la and uh galaxy 586 and um azaka azaka there you yeah. go so, nice I mean, like that's modern West Coast yeah. to me, um, and yeah, I, I, as soon as we, as soon as I hit the bright tank, I was like, I was putting the pigtail on the on the Zwickle, and I was just like, all right, let's let's do it. And, you know, I was shaking. Yeah. I was like, all right, all right, I need this. We've need only this. really done one beer with HBC five eighty six, so this was kind of a a new place for us to to throw it in, utilize yeah. it, and they were down for that. So just part of that experimentation and yeah. seeing what it can do when it's a little bit more prominent. I feel like 586 is a winner. Like I just oh, yeah. keep seeing it oh, yeah. everywhere and it just, it kills so much. Like almost every beer I've had, I'm just like, I think the, yeah. the, the, the 586 question for me is how it evolves over yeah. time. Uh, some of those hops will sort of stay true for, for lack of a better word, it will stay true for uh, an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that we've made with 586, uh, I'm not. It just it just changes over time in an in an interesting way. Um, so oh, the finished beer. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like once it's packaged, you know, one week it'll be one way. The second week it'll be another way. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying it like I, it. It just it's not it's not a bad thing. It just it just changes. Like, yeah. It, it, like the 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 over the lifespan of the beer, it, it changes in a way that I I feel like other hops don't quite 
um, experience That's in, interesting. A, in, in a way. So, yeah. um, for me, anytime I see 586, I'm always, I'm always curious on it. Yeah. And it's I think like, it's, it's got some interesting characteristics to it. It's just, it's just that evolution. It's yeah. always fascinating to me. That's an interesting concept and, uh, it's not one that I think too much about. Cause when I think about age on hops, I think about degrading, you know, decline. Um, but there is evolution in terms of just change without yeah. any maybe well, positive or negative. There yeah. are advantages to being at the taps and walking by them every single day. Right. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> you know, like, Oh, I'm, you know, whatever, let's taste, uh, you know, hops yeah. there and everywhere today. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that's, that's one of the coolest parts about working at a brewery is, is you, it's not, uh, you, you get to, you get to see things over time. Mm-hmm. And that's official and unofficial, right? Like, right. You know, we'll run sensory on beers and sometimes those beers are four months old, six months old. You know, like it's important to understand what happens to the beer um, way down the road, two months down the road, a week down the road. Yeah. And, and factor all of that stuff in. And right. so, yeah, unofficially I mean, how many walking times? by and just kind of tasting beer and knowing what's around and what consumers are, yeah. are drinking. Um, and then kind of more officially sitting down and going. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, you're looking really at changed. a window, like certain smaller breweries are looking at maybe a four month, four to six month window. You guys have to probably widen that out for some certain beers um, just to make sure stability kind of remains intact um, across the supply chain. But I think that six week window is really interesting where like yeah. you see what happens right as it was packaged Sometimes it's better. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. like you, you, you package it out of the bright tank. You're like, okay, that's pretty good. It's a little green. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, I think in a week or two, it'll, it'll, it'll kind of come into its own and that really does happen. Like, yeah. You know, a lot of the times the, uh, the belief is that, as fresh as possible with the hoppy beers is, is the answer. And yeah. I, I, I'm sorry to say sometimes that that is not the case. Right. Like, you, you give it a week or so and like, Oh, okay. Now we're really singing here. There's um, a lot of things that, that fact that impact that though. Right. Like it's not just the hop varietal. It's the actual crop itself. And then the entire recipe of the beer too. Like, yeah. like I feel yeah, like, exactly. like everything kind of impacts happening that. Right. Post centrifuge, yeah. post carbonation and post packaging. Like there's still natural processes yeah. that are happening. I mean, we remove as much, uh, like live matter as we can like, yeah. going through the centrifuge, uh, and live matter being, you know, yeast and like reactive, any like reactive material in there, but you can't remove everything. Like yeah. these things still change, especially, once uh, oxygen comes into play. So like there are still things that are going on in that. And then, you know, sometimes that's, that's really bad. And sometimes that's, that's, that plays into uh to a, a positive result. Yeah. Yeah. Beard just, it doesn't hit a marker and then just degrade from that. It's right. not just yeah. linear. You yeah. know, different things are happening all I like across the way. everywhere at four weeks. It, it. <laughs> that's, that's, Seriously? Yeah. 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 Hot take. That's uh, that's my hot take today. So if you see less than <laughs> <Yeah>. four weeks, <laughs> yep. sit on it. But yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you hear uh, on the kind of consumer side, you hear a lot of these like hardcore monkish people that are like, "I don't drink a monkish can that's less than four weeks old," because they have this belief that every one of their hazy IPAs hits mm-hmm. peak at four right. weeks. I feel like I don't know if it's monkish, but I feel like I've heard of breweries who will package their beer and literally let it sit in their cold box for a week or two and then sell them. 
I've heard of that, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I haven't had who it. Who are you? I don't know there? who does who it. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Get it out I wanna, there. Let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, well, I think no, what's I, fun I as a consumer is yeah. like drinking it right out, I mean, you know, first week and then saving the second can, you know, like and, and trying it sure. over time. That's I mean, fun. like we just tried beer out of the fermenter right. um, before we started recording and we're thinking to ours and, and I feel like we're, you know, just the experience of doing that, you're able to understand where that beer is going to go. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like right out of the fermenter, it does, it does have a certain characteristic. You're like, okay, it's a little, it's a little rough around the edges that could use a little bit of a polish to the centrifuge or, or something like that. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think, I don't, I mean, that's nothing to be a, afraid of or anything like that. I mean, that's part of the process. Yeah. So we're talking about kind of the beer program as a whole. You mentioned, one of you mentioned the, the tap room that's hap- going in near the stadium. So, mm-hmm. Can you give any details on like what that project is? I know I heard Lynn talking about it years ago. So Chris, yeah, the hardware going in a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be a fifteen barrel. Oh, you system. have a system there. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, it'll be a, a true uh, brew pub. So nice. fifteen barrel system with I think eight or ten tanks. Um, Last I heard, it was eight. And and that's a mix of fifteen and thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can do slightly larger batches that's there awesome. too. But it's yeah, part of that whole sort of renovated area. That's you know. We're right around the corner from uh, the casino. Mm. Yeah, so everything that's in between, like the Forum, SoFi, the casino, there's a lot of construction and stuff happening back there. Yeah, Hollywood Park Casino for, uh, yeah. for those out there. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, a big corner lot. It'll be um, a restaurant. I think it's wood fire ovens that are going in there. Nice. Um, but it's 700 seats. It's a lot of outdoors. At, yeah, in various phases there was more indoor seating, but mm-hmm. um, at, I see renderings <laughs> that have changed. Little things have changed every now and then, but a lot of outdoor seating, um, and there's some you know spaces to to rent and, and you know trying to think through it and and make sure that we're able to react in a, a little bit more of a, a targeted way that that we would like to. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. being the first off-site location in a very rapidly developed redeveloped area. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Yep. COVID, you know, that whole thing like hopefully yeah. we're we don't have to think about that, but yeah. I mean, who the, fucking the, knows? the cool part about it though, I mean, like there's stuff year-round at that spot. I yeah. mean, like we're going to be right near uh, we're eyesight of SoFi, there's the Forum, there's YouTube Theater, there's Cosm, which is like this like immersive experience thing. Hmm. There's Hollywood Park uh, right the around the corner from Clipper there. Stadium. Clipper Stadium. Oh, yeah. Uh, is being built right now. 2024 season, I think. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, and, you know, not to mention it's just it's in a there's going to be stuff to do. There's, you know, there's a yeah. whole, totally. whole new development but there. But we're looking like a year out at least. It's, yeah. uh, it's a plot of land. There's no building that we're renovating. So it's, it's right. all going to be brand new construction. So it'll take a little bit of time, but it should be a really fun spot. Nice. Targeting winter of 2023 or uh, December of 2023. Okay. That would That's, be nice if yeah. it happens. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I mean, multi-year project. Yeah. It's yeah a process, I, I, I remember sure. that being talked about in, 18 2018 maybe something like that yeah that's really cool that before so i was there yeah 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 totally so is it still far enough off that like from a beer perspective you're not really thinking about strategy for that system for that location or 
Are, do you have not too much, but I touched on it where that's where the seven barrel system that we're going to install here is, yeah. is going to play into that a little bit. Cause then it can start to get the gears kind of turning for, yeah. for that stuff. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a legit, like, like we're going to have to, we're going to have to move on that. It's not like a little R and D space where you, you know, you go in for there sure. and you brew once a week or whatever. Like we're actually going to be going yeah. on it and yeah, with the traffic that'll be there, it's it's hard to say what kind of volume we're going to push through those batches and what's going to sell, what's not going to sell. It's, right. It's a but the capacity it, of something like that is what? How many barrels per year? I mean, it could be you know thirty five hundred barrels. Yeah, I was going to say a few thousand. Really moving, yeah. yeah, Lynn was know. hoping for twenty five to three thousand. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. So it can be a lot, and it'll also be interesting to see what what that consumer is yeah you know we're kind of tucked away back here at the production facility and people are coming here for a reason right you know but there they might just park far away and happen to walk by and it's, it's different. like oh here's food and beer very different and they're gonna pick something random yeah uh, and they're not necessarily a beer person so it'll be interesting to see like what sells and what doesn't yeah. sell we already have and, people who hang out and pregame in our tasting room right to go to events at sofi uh so i mean it's Kind of like a, a nice uh, blending of the lines. That's there. true. Yeah. With the I, yeah, I was going to say that out, uh, Harry that Styles metro is, uh, he's doing his residency <laughs> at uh, was at the Forum or so far. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you sure? Because it's Harry Styles. He could sell out the SoFi if you really want. It's, I can't it's, remember. It's, it's Forum. He's right, doing fifteen right. nights. All right, fine. He's doing <laughs> sure. All right, not not SoFi, but fifteen nights at the Crazy. Forum. And uh, yeah, I mean, we definitely see people pre gaming here for yeah. YouTube theater. You've and, seen a change in in the people coming in. For sure, I yeah. would imagine. Yeah. yeah. So you're just extracting yeah. and now insights the, uh, from the tap metro, room. Yeah. We're, you know, yeah. we're 0.01 miles. I was uh, amazed sorry, at that. Not 0. 0.01 miles. I didn't realize away how from close the it was. Metro station. Oh my God. That weekend awesome. that that station opened, we had a ton of people because the, all the train rides were free. So yeah. a lot of people were just like, oh, let's pile in. And, I should have come. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So our, the last station that is open at the moment, the end of the line is, is the Manchester, uh, sorry, Westchester veteran station. And that's, that's us point one miles away. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's been pretty nice and it's, it's going to just expand that much more once it finally connects to LAX. I think that's the last stop that they're doing because it's, cause it's yeah. the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you can get to a point and then take a shuttle right now. But yeah. once that's open and people can, you know, go you can to and from a, a flight. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You can just pregame the flight. You can get a flight before your flight. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. no. I'm going to jot that down for social media. <laughs> oh man. And there, there's the train as we're speaking about oh, it. Wow. We, we can see it through the window. That's so cool. It's <laughs> coming down the bridge. Uh, so, with, I know we're, this is far off, but um, any excitement around the food component and how? Because you've always you've had vendors like people bring in it was bring your own food for a long time. Yeah. Um, now you'll have a food component. Are you thinking about that? I'm, I'm I'm assuming that you don't have a chef in place. Like you're not thinking like no, we're no. too far out for that. Exactly. I, I think those conversations have been started, but I don't know what those look like. Yeah. Um, and, we just got to keep and, making and, expatriate, man. And, right? <laughs> and nothing is super defined anyway. Whatever you so. cook has to pair well with expat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. From what I understand, there's two big wood fire ovens and 
there's a lot you can do with that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, the obvious one being pizza, yeah. which I am very much about. Chris and is a pizza uh, aficionado. I, uh, I do enjoy really making sourdough it. pizza. Oh, nice. Yeah. He has so a whole, um, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Does he, he share with we you? We could do a whole other podcast oh, wow. just on Chris and pizza. We've done collaborations where I'll make like 20 pizzas in the loading dock because I bought like an uni pizza oh, oven. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just like slink pizzas for like this four hours. About, That's right? dope. Like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. We're not making beer <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know exactly. you guys would want that barrel aged program, but what I'm making pizza. pizza. That's, that's like, oh, it's just a 30 barrel batch. Start, yeah, that, like, start um, that at 6 a.m. So we're done by two and then we'll just eat pizza for the rest of Your innovation that I, that I really appreciate is that smoked salmon um, with the... It was a uh, lemon berblanc with... I don't even know what that means. Smoked salmon and dill and red onion. Oh, yeah. wow. And uh, it was, Is that it was the one where you have the egg white and the... And the no, it was a different one. That okay. was that was yeah. sous vide egg yolk. That was a uh, oh damn different this? pizza. <laughs> damn, I know. Okay, so, I'm so pretty, you are excited. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for the food component <laughs> yeah. at, at the stadium. He's gonna for step sure. up yeah. to the to the wood fire and be like, guys, I got this, and they're gonna all look at him like he's a like he's an alien. Well, well, back when uh, when I was at Kinetic uh, and I used to bartend. I would bartend, grab a beer after my shifts, and then kind of just hang out in the kitchen and mm-hmm. watch those guys work. Yeah. And there was a couple guys in there that really knew what they were doing. It wasn't, we'd have like random specials that weren't just generic pub food. There was some good stuff that came out of there sometimes. Yeah. And, and it was just fun talking to those guys about food. And it was all happening at the same time where I was getting into beer and understanding those flavors and understanding styles and then getting into food at the same time. So I had both perspectives, and it really made me appreciate food and expanding my palate, trying new things, trying weird stuff. And so, yeah, I'm pretty like excited. Like the cricket goza? Exactly. Coming back around. Word. Shout out, crew crew. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited to see what, what comes out of there, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Um, so I wanted to... Um, before we round out this podcast, I want us to come back to you and oh, Andy. Oh man. Okay. Here well, we, we talked ready. a lot about Chris's evolution through yeah, he really his roles. <laughs> yeah. I you mean, you've me. been like the Jack of all trades here. Um, oh, man. So you started in the tap room, mm-hmm. went into the cellar yep, and then went into the lab. Yep. And now you're doing marketing. Mm-hmm. What? is that what like? is that path yeah what like that? Um, what is that all about i i mean it's uh you you got to do what you got to do yeah you know i mean like uh i, I don't i don't know is how it to say. is that how you are in the other aspects of your life like is that something you naturally are like i'm gonna dive into this i'm gonna dive into this like i'm gonna learn oh, this God, this feels like a like a i'm at a therapist right i know now. right like, I, I can't commit to anything should we get or whatever let's call beth <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get the truth by calling my wife let's go to that the phones great. Yeah. i just find it so interesting because i've i've kind of uh you know we've known I, each other we just talked about this we've known yeah. each other for nine years we met each other at a beer bloggers meeting <laughs> right nine years ago so yeah, even before LA you worked bloggers, at a tap room yeah. you were trying to work you were doing some I beer to be writing the bourdain of beer yes um um, and, uh, and you've kind of circled back around to it, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. I guess. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, uh, I just, I like working with my hands. I like yeah. making things. Um, however, f- whatever form that takes, I guess I'm, I'm in for it. I, I yeah. really like making things. And, uh, I mean, I, I went to art school, so, you know, the, the idea of, um, 
working on a visual identity and uh, figuring out ways to engage with people. To um, I mean, that's 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 what I have been trained to do. And, um, you know, I, in a, in a, in an interesting way, I mean, like literally right now, I feel like I'm doing exactly what I did, uh, nine years ago when I quit my job, right? Eight years, eight, eight or nine years ago when I quit my, uh, events job is like, mm-hmm. this is all this, the same stuff. Uh, so I took a really long, uh, detour to get yeah. back to where I was before. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I really dig it. I mean, like we've, we're, one thing okay so so you know post canarchy um you know some of those uh design decisions were we found were in our hands and we kind of were flying by the seat of our pants a little bit um and then uh this year this this past 6 months or so we really dug in and said to ourselves moving forward what do you want your visual identity to be what do you what's your what's the tone you know that hmm. that kind of thing and what what is communicated through that visual um kind of uh communication um did i say what is communicated through that visual communication you Can did we go back on the tape on that one real quick <laughs> never not for you visual media. well it sounds like your your role's like brand so, manager more than marketing man like I mean, it's like, like mar- brand and marketing right i mean because uh, you need brand to be set I before you so. can really communicate so. through i don't marketing. have a business card and when i did have business cards i didn't really pass them out <laughs> right <laughs> i uh I, I I don't know how Andy to had that. one whole beer today. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, one one thing that's interesting. <laughs> oh man, I'm out of control because I had a beer. All right. Uh, I mean, it's like, I, I I don't know. I mean, it's um, I I you know, in a, in a way, I I I feel uh, I I really do appreciate the visual medium of of the beer label and how you communicate that via you know the uh, social media and and all these things. Um, these are interesting decisions that. Uh, we haven't been able to address uh, maybe in the in the past year or so that we're that we've we finally been able to dig in and say mm-hmm. like let's 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 think through this let's yeah. let's not just you know shoot a picture on our phone and and do that you know um, and, and and post that to to all our channels or whatever like let's let's really think through what we're trying to communicate here and you know we've totally redone our our uh, our labels uh, systems. We've got three coming up, three label systems coming up for 2023. Uh, they look amazing. We've gotten to work with some really uh, great v- graphic artists. Um, Tyler Christo Ball and Connor Hunter have been doing some stuff for us. And uh, I mean, I know what's coming down the pipeline and it's it's hard for me to say, you're going to see this a year from now and I just want you to know you're really going to love it. But I mean, like, that's what's going to happen. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it, it's uh, we... The past year, when we kind of go from beer to beer and not think of it as a as a as a full system, going from beer to beer, yeah. I mean, we kind of we kind of all took a step back at one point and said, "I think we're drifting a little too far," mm-hmm. um, and we need to kind of come back to what we were uh, originally shooting for. And um, I think with our new um, systems and that, and that kind of thing, I think we're 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 back on track. So. Yeah. I think the the difficult part for a little while there was that, you know, we talk about like Alex leaving, we talk about Canarchy, we talk about uh, the resources with with Canarchy, and uh, part of that was like labels and stuff and designers. We talk about them like they're separate, but all that stuff happened at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> and then it was yeah. like, all right, well now we got to figure out everything, everything. Yeah, like all at once. Um, 
There, so, yeah, there was a so, moment last year where we were all looking at each other like, oh, crap. Like, all right, we, relax, buddy. We, it was fine. Uh, <laughs> we made it. We, we lived. We lived. Uh, Chris is fine. Was, you were freaking it was, out. Yeah, it was not a big deal. I tried, uh, to, I tried not to, uh, to project that onto anybody, but, but, like, but, and, but internally I was freaking out a little bit. Yeah, it's just so much at once that, you know, it takes a while to figure out what you want that new system to be mm-hmm. and how to put it in place where it's uh, not only easy, but um, visually engaging, uh, the beer that we want to produce, like all that stuff is all happening at the same time. So it was just a matter of figuring it out and it, it took a little time. And um, now coming into 2023, we're... I feel pretty good about where we're going to be and the new stuff coming out and the labels and all that stuff. Like we're, we're all on the same page about being excited about all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to, to go back to the very beginning, I think the, the tasting room portion of that, just like read, rethinking that like very one-on-one experience of, of coming into our space and, and having a sense of place and mm-hmm. having a sense of like, uh, I'm not only drinking a three weavers beer, but I'm drinking it at three weavers and understanding what that means uh, and how that is communicated, I think is, is super important. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. When looking at your, the, the places you've been at three weavers, you know, in the tap room, you know, the second higher in the tap room, Mm -hmm. like you guys establishing the system, the SOPs for how that ran and then moving into the cellar and kind of taking the load off of Chris, like establishing that department and hiring, you know, s- several people underneath you and establishing the SOPs there. The lab, like we talked about, starting from scratch, completely something new here. And then moving into marketing where like, I, I, I don't know if you guys ever had like a really strong marketing leader in the organization over the years, but there's at least there's always had to be somebody owning some part of it throughout the course of time. So it's not like you're establishing marketing for the very first time. So it's almost like you've created something new here, created something new here, created something new here. And then now you're like coming into something that's already running, you know, and this, this stepping back that you're talking about, like the revamping of that. It's just, it seems different than what you've done. Like you've kind of come into like mostly clean open space and been like, let me create this. And now this is a, a scenario where you're like, Let's go back to the drawing board. Let's do things different, you know. Sure. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it, all the all the other <laughs> take it away, Chris. I don't. I don't have anything. Well, it's just interesting because all the other stuff like that was happening in real time. Right? Yeah. We're expanding, so now we have to do a thing. We're yeah. expanding now. We have to do a thing, and with this last year, it's like that treadmill is on full speed, and now you got to jump on it. Yeah, you know, and then figure yeah. it out on the way. I, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I. Uh, so it's just different. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have anything. I don't have anything profound or interesting to say. That's to okay. That. Well, that's what was coming into my mind coming into this conversation. One thing that I wanted to understand was, okay, three weavers on this incredible growth curve. You know, partners with Canarchy explodes with you know producing some of the other brewery brands like just pumping out a lot of beer into the market and then now going independent like is it this like slow down and like where are we going to find production like how are we going to find what we're doing it sounds like you guys are just like continuing the momentum i think uh after we became independent again it did feel like we were jumping on a treadmill that was moving at full speed and then once we so it took 
a solid three or four months for us to catch up to where, to where we should have been. And then once we kind of got a sense of what that looked like, then we were able to, to, to look two months ahead, three months ahead, four months ahead. And then, you know, it was, it, it took, it took a year for us to, to feel like we sort of knew what, what we wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, and, and we had to go down tangents, right? I mean, that's, I think that's part of the, uh, a really important part of the creative process is you have to be able to go down lanes and avenues that don't lead to anywhere, right? You, you have to be able to do that in an effort to find some new ground for yourself. Hmm. So you have to be able to, to do something or to, to, you have to, to give yourself permission to to check out a lane mm-hmm. and say like oh nope don't like that one and and I think you learn just as much and this is a really important part for me you learn just as much from the things that don't work as the things that do work yeah and and I think it it did take us a solid year to to say like okay yep from a from a from a brand standpoint from a marketing standpoint from a visual standpoint maybe that doesn't quite work like we're like we're hoping to 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 do yeah so yeah, I mean, I, I think we're in a good place. I think we're, we've we've <laughs> we've never been a year ahead on, in terms of packaging. I don't know when the last time that happened, um, but uh, yeah, we're just <clears throat> we're getting somewhere. It's it was also like right on the other side of COVID. Yeah, all these changes oh. were happening too. So let's then, not forget that. So yeah. then, yeah. So then the market shift is is insane yeah. too, and and what we needed to produce, yeah, I mean, and, I think and where it was going was for sure. crazy. Also, none so, none of this stuff is like exclusive to post Canarchy. It's it's all like you know coming back it. from yeah. COVID. It's yeah. all the restaurant scene coming back. It's mm-hmm. all you know the the bar scene coming back. It's all uh, people overnight switching uh, from fifty fifty draft sales to mm-hmm. can sales. And then overnight it switches to ninety nine percent can sales, if not a hundred percent can yeah. sales. And <laughs> yeah. then like that slow shift back out from that. I mean, I think it's like we, whenever we say like these things are are, are we're finding our identity, it's not just a a, a newly independent question. It's like mm-hmm. it's a question that I think every single brewery has has asked it's a, themselves it's a beer industry yeah, yeah. yeah. Question, and, 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 and you know, you know moreover it's not even just a beer industry question it's like it's a, a beverage it's like an industry? every industry question <laughs> and every, like, yeah, what right. are we going to do in this newfound uh realm that we're in where we were just sat in our houses for two years yeah and and figuring out that we can do all these things from our phones or you know from you know, from our TVs or whatever. And like, how are we like, I, I mean, like, is it, am I the only one that is thinking to themselves? Like, how do I want to interact? Uh, like, like how am I, you know what I mean? Like, am I the, I feel like I'm talking to myself at the, at the, at the specific moment, but like, how do we, how do we interact with the, with the larger, with the larger community? I mean, I think that's a question that we're all asking ourselves coming out of this period where it got super insular and super small. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So, there's a lot of questions that have to be answered coming out of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. What's, what's interesting about you guys is that you have a lot of elements that operate like this really high growth, uh, established beer brand. And then there's a lot of elements to what you guys do that are like super scrappy startup 
that are like, <laughs> oh, like when I get to, you know, when we talk or I see some stuff behind the scenes, I'm like, oh, yeah. you guys are like figuring it out and willing to take chances and like don't have like an R&D department, you know, like yeah. and, and whereas some people might see Three Weavers as a brand on the front end and be like, Oh, there, that's a fancy big brewery. Like they have all the resources. They have all this stuff. Like they probably think about you guys as like, you know, maybe not a full on stone, but like, you know, Firestone Walker, like, a, you know, oh, some man. of these bigger, I feel like what you guys show on the front end kind of looks like that in a lot of ways, but there's yeah. like a lot of scrappy startup stuff that, it is endearing to me because I like that kind of thing. I think a lot of people appreciate that yeah. where it's like, Hey, we're willing to figure it out and screw it up. And like, it's like going through your twenties and becoming an adult and thinking <laughs> at the beginning, like, Oh, adults have got this figured out. No, nobody worry. Like right. they'll figure it out. And then you, as the older you get, they're like, Oh my God, those adults are full of That's shit. That's how I feel as a dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Nobody like, knows what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing here? It's you know, like, what am I going to do when I grow up? Wait, shit. What year is it? Yeah. <laughs> so on that note looking forward to year nine um maybe you're just yeah maybe this maybe there's no answer to this have a 90s theme party for our ninth anniversary i would i'd be down with that man the 90s was a great decade so, I'd, I'd be down to see you do the Carlton. Chris, we'll Chris we'll just uh, just uh, sighed and closed his eyes slowly. <laughs> um, he did not appreciate. What the is 90s. a '90s themed party? We're gonna have like? a lot of Dunkaroos, a lot of flannels, a lot of Nutter Butters, and uh, you <laughs> just know that play kind of Nirvana thing. and Pearl Jam. That sounds awful. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> See, this is the difference. This is the yin and yang yeah, here situation. I like that. Uh, I like that a lot. You know, I'll bring the Pearl Jam to the party, and he's going to bring the Meshuga. And, uh, and, and there's we'll a lot find, of good '90s metal. Is all we'll I'm saying. Find that that middle ground where, right where that is. I dig mm-hmm. it. I dig it. We're going to make an amber IPA. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no dry hop. That's, 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 that style's making a comeback. Yeah, lots <laughs> of crystal. <laughs> C60, here we go. <laughs> uh, year nine. Yeah, man. so so yeah. My, my thinking is this. Uh, you guys have plans, thoughts, visions, th- work in progress um, that you're working on. In a year from now, like what would you guys look like that would make you categorize this past year of success? Like what's the, what do you guys have? What's the old, the overarching vision for this next year? There will be IPA. <laughs> so everybody needs to prepare for that. Okay, <laughs> That's at least part of it. Yeah. That's kind of a hard question. I, I feel like we've made a lot of progress over the last year. Yeah. Um, in reestablishing ourselves out of COVID and out of Canarchy and all sorts of other factors. Um, and I, I just think that what we already have projected makes us feel good about what we have coming up. And, and for me at the end of the day, it's like, as long as the beer is good, yeah, that's, that's all I need. You know, I want to continue to push ourselves to, to make better and better and better beer. Um, and if we can do that and look back and say, we've, continued to to push the envelope on that and and do what we want then then i'm happy yes that's that's all it is it's you can get like so distracted with everything else and all the other factors but at its core we are a brewery like Uh it's i just want to make good beer yeah that's it so in a year from now we'd be probably looking at uh the 
upcoming opening of the second location. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd probably be looking at increased logger production at that point in time. For sure. Yep. Yeah, we've got some uh, logger projects. Some of the up. design system yep. stuff that you're talking about. Yep. Some of the redesign of the of the labels and the brands. Like, yeah. That's going to be coming out. Social channels then. for the other location. All sorts of stuff. See, like, like there's a yeah. there's a lot yeah. that that's happening that um, I feel like. You have always like from that startup mentality. You have to always be open to change. Like, okay, yeah. we're gonna pivot on a dime here, you know. And you guys are used to it now, yeah. right? We're we're accustomed to it well, at this point in time. What happens? We're used to it. <laughs> we're, we're used to it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll yeah. agree that we're used. To- so. All right. Cool. <laughs> so, from a consumer standpoint, I, what I'm trying to uh, kind of wrap up is um, maybe almost. No change from the consumer standpoint. High quality, really great beer is the focus. And if yep. that changes, then something went wrong. Something yeah, exactly. Went, right? right? <laughs> that's yeah. all we're looking yeah. for. And, and and that's okay. Like that's good. That's yeah. You know, I, I asked this question and it puts you on the spot, like, oh, what do I what you oh, know, Lord. thoughtful thing yeah, do I have yeah. to say? But like that's the right answer. I just want good beer. Yeah. That's that's yeah. what I've wanted since day one. That's what one. you want your brewer to say <laughs> is that, that. That's what I wanted when I was looking at other people brewing is I just want good beer and I want to understand more and learn and learn and learn. Yeah. And as long as that evolution continues to happen, like I'm happy. Yeah. Cool. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, if you I, didn't, we'd be in trouble. Well, no, I think I think bad beer is the, is the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think Andy's now one and a half just, beers in. The, <laughs> the slushy beer trend is ending, so We're, I don't know. Oh, that's good. We, I think we, it's, uh, it's going to make a comeback. <laughs> everything uh, is finite. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Totally. Um, I want to close it out kind of circling back to where we started. Um, you guys having, um, commitment to this organization being here for eight years. Um, we see a lot of turnover in this industry. Um, what is your advice? And I want to get both of you guys, um, both to brewery owners management and also to kind of newer people working in the industry. Like, how do you create that environment of stability and that loyalty? Um, what any advice Oof. do you have on that front to both sides? Yeah, I think from from top down, it's about understanding your people's needs and making sure that people are taken care of, um, which you know truthfully isn't always easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about checking in and, and understanding that people are people you know they just they want to work and have a a decent quality of life also um and from the other side that doesn't mean that you should be handed everything either you know if you're coming into this industry that at least from my perspective it's it's been a long hard journey and there's still long hours and time that you put into it like if if this is what you want like you have to put in the time there's there's no other way about it. No and, shortcut. And you, there's no shortcut. You're not going to be a better brewer by uh, taking less time, taking the easy way out. Like you have to put in the work and and be open to learning and and that's one thing on both sides. You know, as an owner or as somebody who 
just got in the back washing kegs. You have to be open to learning. If there's too much ego on either side, um, it's a mute point. You're not going to get anywhere. So, yeah. so just be open. That's like a cow's opinion. A moot moo point. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't need to. Almost two beers. In. <laughs> <laughs> Friends references. <laughs> I hate that show. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I've been asked the question. Seinfeld forever. Personally, whenever I've been asked the question about like the future, it's always just like, as long as I'm learning, then I'm happy. Yeah. And, and along the way, learning means hard work. Yeah. And so, you know, put in the time, take your time, um, and be open to hearing what other people have to say. Yeah. It's good advice. Andy. Oof. All right. Um, uh, no, I mean, I, you know, I, maybe Andy should have gone first. Oh God. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, like, look, I spent a lot as, as the marketing person, I spend a lot of time on, uh, on Instagram and, uh, uh, I see the uh, the uh, Ted Lasso inspiration come up quite a bit. Be curious, not judgmental. And uh, the uh, the goldfish thing doesn't really apply to brewing very much. So uh, now you're gonna want to remember your mistakes. Yeah, you're gonna want to yeah. remember that 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 uh, that hose or that pipe is really hot. Like you're gonna from all all the aspiring seller people out there, you're gonna want to keep track of what is really hot and uh, what has caustic in it. You're really gonna want to know that. Um, but just in, in like the larger question, um, yeah, be be curious. Uh, if you want to know something, reach out and and don't be afraid to say. I want to know this, you know, the initial reaction from somebody that you say it to might be sarcastic or, or, uh, maybe a little, um, maybe a little bit more caustic than you, than you, than you would hope. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I think it's super important to say to yourself, um, that I'm going to be adaptable, that I'm here to, um, because I love it. Uh, and, uh, that that's means something to me. Yeah. And, uh, it's not a very good place to be if it doesn't mean something to you. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I would, I would say. What about from the owner management side? Um, any advice for how to keep people engaged over the long term and get them aligned with growth? The, the, I guess I would come back to the, to the thing that I really appreciate about Lynn and, and, and Alex when she was here and, and, uh, and Chris now is like, what do you, what do you see yourself? What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're here and you know, you're putting your sweat in your you know, sweat equity or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what do you want to do? And if you want to do it, let's go take control of it and, and let's go. You know, we, uh, so their adaptability to asking you the question, what do you want to do mm-hmm. and creating opportunities for you to do that if it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that is, you know, it's a two way street, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, it's not, it's not just, you don't demand it. Yeah. Right. So I just, you want to make sure that you feel like your employees, um, have a direction. Uh, I mean, I've definitely been in situations where as an employee, I felt like, oh man, I'm just here. I'm just burning time. Yeah. You know? Um, and I, when I felt, even if I was, doing something that I didn't particularly like. Uh, but if I felt like in that job, it was going in a, in a positive direction, then I could kind of, uh, 
I could sort of contextualize, I guess, for lack of a better word, what was happening in that very immediate moment is just like, okay, all right, all right, um, we're going to do this, but, you know, we're moving in a positive direction. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I mean, that's great advice. Um, I think super Be unique. curious, not judgmental, and then hit a triple 20 right there. <laughs> I'm not a dart player. I'm just saying. Well, unique that coming clip, from you guys. That clip is iconic in at this moment. <laughs> it's all over Instagram. I just, just saying. I just got what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. I all just right. got Ten it. minutes later, I just understood. We come back around. Right. Uh, the dart yeah. reference yeah, is what yeah. I needed. Yeah. yeah okay. Go. Got it now. All right. Makes sense. All those who are on Instagram too long uh, know what I'm talking about. Thank you. <laughs> but those of you who are not, Gary and and Chris, now now you're on board. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay, great. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, I yeah, I really dig uh, you guys opening up about the journey, about what everyone can expect. Let's get scrappy, baby. Eight <laughs> years of three weavers. Eight like, years. Crazy. Oh, hey, can I do a quick crazy. plug? Yes. Our uh, eighth anniversary party is Saturday, November twelfth. Uh, we're doing presale on tickets uh, via Eventbrite. If you go to our Instagram account at three weavers that's uh spelled out three weavers uh there's a link there we're doing pre-sales on our tickets and uh those tickets are reduced price and then once you get here on the day of the the, those prices will go up so i would recommend buying them in advance this podcast is dropping sunday november 13th oh no i'm just kidding (laughs) i don't don't know when we had a great time on november 12th uh i don't know when it's coming if you didn't go to the anniversary party you missed out we're fantastic (laughs) it was was so good (laughs) yeah we're having a couple bands here uh we got some good food we're doing a release on a beer um it's good yeah it's (laughs) yeah it's very good. Um, I yeah, mean, I don't like, know when this it's, is it's, dropping. It's, it's okay. This <laughs> might drop before. This might drop after. I'm going to do my we'll best. But it if it's uh, before, you should get here. Yes. If it's afterwards, you should have been here. Like, right. I don't, we'll I don't fix know what it else post. to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to leave the rambling in. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it, man. That's, that's the way I do that's it. That's it. We're two beers in. We, yeah. can, we can really ramble now. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys, so much. Thank Absolutely. you for having us. I appreciate it. All right. All right, there you have it. Now, if you're not jonesing for an expatriate IPA, there is seriously something wrong with you. I really enjoyed this conversation, and as a longtime Three Weavers fanboy, I actually love the brewery even more after that talk. I am super stoked for what the team has in store for the future. But first, if you're listening to this before November 12th, grab tickets to the Three Weavers 8-Year Anniversary Party hopped.com slash three weavers eight it's going to be a great time and you're guaranteed to have some great beer thank you to chris and andy for joining me on this podcast and thank you so much for tuning into this episode to stay up to date on all our latest content merch events and more subscribe to our free weekly newsletter at hopped.com slash subscribe we've got some really cool stuff coming up that you won't want to miss All right, guys, that's it. I'm out. Cheers.